Tired of asking why? Welcome to the Unresolved Life Podcast, where we are answering life's most difficult questions. Now, here's your host, Teresa Blaze. Today, I have got Miss Stephanie Miller. Uh, she's an author, a life coach, and we are just going to have a wonderful conversation about how to renew your mind and grow your faith. But before we get to that, I want to talk to you about your water. You guys know that I am very passionate about certain subjects, and one of them is the quality of your water. Do you know what's in it? The fact is there's all kinds of uh, bacteria, uh, fluoride, chloramine, and all kinds of pesticides that that get dumped in your water, and you may not know that. And that's why it often tastes so bad. It's bad for your health, and it doesn't really uh, – you don't really get – the full effect of drinking just regular tap water. If you would like some help finding out what's in your water and what you can do about it, go to www.fixmywater.co. Again, that is www.fixmywater.co. Now, on with the show. Stephanie is the author of The Butterfly Blueprint, and she is a, a life coach, and you can find her website at butterflybeginnings.net. Stephanie, welcome to the show. Yes, thank you, Teresa. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here with you. It is absolutely wonderful to uh, have, have this conversation because we are in a time to when our need to have our mind renewed is so crucial because often we're bombarded with so many different things. And you've actually tried to tackle that. Can you share what brought you to actually authoring this book and what you hope people will get out of it? So I really think it has a lot to do with my journey and my personal growth and transformation and how Christ transformed me. I think of second Corinthians five seventeen, where it says, um, behold, if anyone is in Christ, the old is gone, the new is here. And from that, it gives you this idea and this visualization. And I think people might visualize what it means to be created and be a new creation in Christ a little bit differently. But for me, it was always immediately the butterfly and a renewed mind is constantly something that you are working towards and you have to focus on. It's not something that is an automatic thing. Renewing your mind, it takes a willingness and it takes um, a complete uh, dependence and motivation to continue to pour yourself into the word and just deepen that relationship with God. And interestingly enough, the butterfly on the title page of my book is purple and it's purple for a reason. Teresa, do you know what purple stands for in the Bible? Like the color purple? Uh, usually it stands for royalty, correct? Yes, absolutely. And do you know what two colors make up the color purple? Red and blue. Yes. So red really stands for the blood of Christ, right? We are new creations because Christ shed his blood on the cross for us. And then blue stands for actually the word of God biblically. So we have the word of God standing for blue and then Christ's blood that he shed for us as red. And it makes purple. It makes us royalty. It makes us um, co-heirs with Christ. So I think in a nutshell, the purple and looking at 
how Christ died for us and living from that place of freedom that he's given us because he's already gave us that ultimate sacrifice allows us to constantly check our heart and check our mind and guard against the thoughts or the ways of this world. And I feel like right now it is more easy to just think about the ways of the world and almost be complacent in a way. So like you were talking earlier, it is so important to have our renewed mind and keep up with what we know to be true and what we hold true as the word of God as we walk further and as we walk freer in our spiritual growth journey. So you were actually telling us that this book came out of your own personal experience. What was your personal experience like when you first became a Christian? And how did God really impress upon you the need uh, for renewing of your mind? We have to kind of start way, way back to childhood. (laughs) Um, For childhood, I grew up in an alcoholic household. I had um, the dynamics of being a, a daughter of an alcoholic and just kind of dealing with this notion and this idea that I was never good enough and that I did not have worth and I did not have value. And those kind of core beliefs that I told myself, I really struggled with from childhood up to adolescence and even early adulthood. I feel because I never received kind of that gratification or that that love and that support from my earthly father in the way that I wanted to. I searched for it in other ways. You know, I searched for it in attention from men. I searched for it with drinking and partying and just being very reckless with my life, honestly. And it was not until I had hit kind of this low point. I've I've hit a couple of low points in my life, but this was kind of the first low point that really helped turn my eye and turn my direction into what God was saying and what God was calling me to and how he was drawing me in. Um, But I had ended a relationship with a much older man and I was pursuing a friendship with another man who was more closer to my age. And he introduced me actually to Christianity and what it meant to be a Christian And I remember so vividly, I have my eyes closed, so I really am picturing this, that we went to a Christian concert where Skillet and Chris Tomlin were performing. And I remember that we were sitting there and for Chris Tomlin, he actually said, and he was sharing his story and his testimony. And he was saying that, you know, I invite you in if anyone has not accepted Christ into their heart, like now is the time, now is the place. And I remember feeling so, so excited and so hopeful that someone was offering me an opportunity, that someone saw purpose for me, and that the life that I was living, there was more to it, and that I was able to give my life over to receive what Christ had for me. And that was really kind of the first catalyst moment that spurred an initial relationship with Christ. Praise God. That just goes to show the power of um, Christian music. I had a, I had a similar experience with a, a Christian artist. And for me, it was uh, Stephen Curtis Chapman. So I can, I can really attest to, um, it wasn't at a concert, but it was hearing one of his CDs and hearing one of his songs. Uh, and to this day, every time I hear it, it, it just stops me because the power of that 
to just draw people in is absolutely incredible. So you become a believer at this uh, concert. How did God start working with you to kind of grow you and mature you? So I become a believer at that concert and I end up dating that, that, you know, that guy that took me to the concert, but our relationship does not last and neither does my strong passion on fire with God, right? I think I have heard in previous podcasts you've done, Teresa, that we kind of stray away for whatever reason, like we build up this wall or we think there is this wall. And for me, and I talk about this in my book as well, there's comfort in the familiar, even when it's dysfunctional. And that to me, like that's what I was drawn back to. I was drawn back to my old ways, my old habits, my old patterns of thinking and doing and behaving because it felt safer. It felt safer to have control and it felt safer to have the the known um, part aspect of it. And change is always risky. Yes, yes. I'll tell you, there's so many places we can jump off. Um, so, so you start, you you start. The relationship doesn't last. You start, um, kind of going back to what you know. How does God draw you back and go? No, I've called you to this. Yeah. So He gets a hold of me, and another thing I've also experienced in my life is we have to have a breakdown before we have a breakthrough. So it wasn't until I was married, newly married, we had moved away from our family and from our friends. My husband is in the military, so we had to move several thousand miles away. And so I'm sitting here in this new house as this new identity, um, as a wife, not knowing what that means, having to have left my career that I had when I had worked because I had to move with my husband. So I was just trying to get my bearings and find out who I was. And at that period, I really sunk into a deep, deep depression. I remember just not wanting to get out of bed. Thankfully, I didn't have kids then. So it was just me. But I remember not wanting to get out of bed and just really kind of questioning God, what is my purpose? What do you have for me, Lord? Um, There was a specific moment where I was particularly down and I was crying out to him and you know, Lord, what do you have for me? What is my purpose? Like there has to be something that you want me to do. And that's when he led me to Jeremiah 29, 11. Before I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord plans to prosper you, uh, not to harm you and give you hope and a future. And from that, that was kind of like the tipping point where it was just, he was acknowledging to me that he saw me, like he really saw me and he never left me and he never abandoned me. And he was ready and he was waiting and he had open arms as I ran back into him because I was lost without him. And I think when we are able to acknowledge who we are apart from God and how lost we are and the great need that we have for him, the appreciation and the adoration comes greater through that recommitment and that reconnection. So that was really kind of the tipping point um, about probably five or six years ago. And from that, everything has just snowballed. I mean, he has moved in my life personally and professionally with the book coming out and speaking and just he has blessed me and just moved me to continue to pursue him and keep him the focus. And that is where this idea of a renewed mind comes from. Renewed mind is essentially Christ as the focus and Christ as the forefront and everything else is 
following? We run and we have our reasons and we run and we start doing our own thing. But God continues chasing. And that's what strikes me uh, in your story is that, yeah, you ran and you kind of did your own thing. And then you are crying out to God. And he's always been there. You know, I mean, he's always been there. And that just really uh, strikes me. So with with your um, desire to see uh, people renew their minds, what are some of the pitfalls that get in the way of Continuing to renew your mind daily. I think a lot of it uh, is letting too much of what the world is saying is the right thing or the right way to think, the right way to act, the right way to do things. Letting too much of the worldly perspective skew our mind and skew our perception of what we need to be doing and what we should be doing. And I think a lot with going back to kind of the butterfly idea, when you have a caterpillar mindset, you are very worldly focused. So you're focused on that instant gratification. You're focused on that need for approval from others. You're focused on trying to strive and work hard and reach this impossible standard that you're setting for yourself. Uh, But really, when you have that renewed mind and you're able to take off of the idea that you have to be perfect, take off the idea that people's approval matters when ultimately God's approval is the one that only matters. Um, You're able to shift that perspective and shift that focus to where the renewed mind almost comes as not something that you are directly striving for, but it is a direct result of putting Christ first and allowing him to shape your perspective. So I think comparison and um, the need for approval, as well as just those false beliefs, those lies that we believed that people spoke about us or spoke to us or spoke over us, or that we have even spoke over ourselves and letting those lies go is so crucial to be able to live out who God has called us to be. I know the Bible says that uh, we wrestle against three enemies, that being the world, the flesh, and the devil. And it seems to me, I mean, based on what you're saying, you know, the false lies, the world, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, the enemy loves to take that stuff and amplify it about tenfold if it gets you and your mindset off of Christ. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it tends to be something that he wants us to think it's about us. The enemy, I feel like, always wants us to think that it's something we're doing or something we're not doing, but it's making us kind of the central focus when in reality, we are not the central focus and we've never been created to be the main focus. That's interesting. And it's almost like putting us up as an idol. Yeah, in a way, I think it it is. And putting your problems as an idol too, I think that there is a fine line between Um, sharing your struggles and having that transparency and vulnerability to be open about what you're going through. But there has to be that thread of redemption and that thread of reconciliation from God as you are sharing your story. I've seen a lot of people with a lot of different stories, a lot of different um, encounters. And the one thing that I have seen go through every single one of them is yeah i was in this darkness but god that to that i mean that to me is like (laughs) 
but God, those two words in 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 context of whatever the story is that you have, that I mean, that changes everything. How did your parents react when you told them that you had become a Christian? We had a loose kind of affiliation with church growing up. It was more my parents wanted me and my younger brother to have some sort of of church, but they never really immersed themselves in it too much. So for them, it was more when I started going to church, when I started developing a deep, strong relationship with God, my mom really took that and started leading, um, you know, she started following my example. She started also kind of deepening her relationship with God um, and attending church and trying to develop that, that faith that she had been missing and maybe had wanted to have, but didn't know how to have. And my dad, on the other hand, he always considered himself spiritual, but not, um, not particularly a Christian. So for him, he always said that outdoor was his church and just being in nature was how he talked to God, which, you know, there's absolutely nothing wrong with. Um, But fast forward several years later, and I actually ended up writing him a letter, just kind of letting him know my heart and how I knew that he was stuck in the pit of addiction. And I was praying for him and I loved him and Jesus loved him. And if he would just be willing and just step out and accept um, Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior, that he would come heal him and make him new. He didn't take that letter too well. <laughs> what, 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 how old were you when you became a Christian? Um, early 20s. I'd say 22. Mm, okay. See, you and I have a, a very similar um, upbringing. Um, I became a Christian at 15 or 16 uh, and was the only Christian in my family. So I can I can totally relate with the parents do not take well to it idea, <laughs> you know. And it's it's funny. I I almost wonder if because of the hardships that we go through, our faith becomes even more uh, vibrant and even stronger because we go through such pressure and such testing. And a lot of people don't make it. But for those that do, I almost wonder if maybe God goes, good, now I can do something with you. Oh, absolutely. I believe that 100%. I think that those crushing times and just to you know relate it back to the the caterpillar and butterfly in the cocoon, you know, we are crushed and it is dark and we can't see anything. And we feel like there is pressure coming around from all sides. And that is when we have to press on and keep going and make the decision to know with our head that God is there and he is wanting the best for us. And he is giving us everything that we need, even if we don't feel it. You know, I had a circumstance when I, my dad actually did um, become sober for a few years and actually like a year. And then I found out shortly after that he had relapsed. And I remember being in church that next day and we were singing good, good father. And I was like, Lord, I don't feel like you are good. This hurts. Like I thought my dad had reached recovery and I thought he had reached healing, but I don't feel your goodness, but Lord, I am going to proclaim your goodness. So I sang that song. And I think that it's important to remember that sometimes we don't always feel 
the, that God is good and that he has the best for us, but we know that he is. And so we have to live from and identify those factors that allow us to continue to pursue that relationship with Christ and not get stuck on what our emotions are telling us and what our feelings are telling us. You know, it, it's funny. One of the biggest arguments that I hear against God is how can God be good when there is such evil and such destruction and such pain in the world? And it's almost like God allows it just so he can show himself uh, and show his glory. But a lot of people do not understand that. Yes, I, I agree. I think of Job too, when, you know, in the book of Job, he talks and Satan is allowed to test Job and he's allowed to give him all of these trials and all of these things and to see what happens. And he has everyone coming on all sides, telling him, you know, curse God and die, you know, everything that's coming at him. And Job's like, no, I, everything I had is lost and it's gone, but there's one thing that I know. And so I absolutely think that there are things that happen or things that God uses that allow his goodness and his glory to reign supreme. And I agree with you that all of these circumstances and these um, situations that we have had that have been hard and they have been challenging and they have brought about a degree of suffering have strengthened us and they have prepared us and equipped us for the next the next step and the next season of life that we are facing. You know, the Bible tells us that you will have suffering and you will have trouble in this world, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And I think we have to live from that freedom of being an overcomer in order not to let the little hindrances of the world really drag us down. So when a, if a person gets through that crushing uh, season and they enter into now they've become the butterfly now they're you know renewed their mind is renewed what is some of the um, effects of walking in that in that state of mind so I think I love that question by the way I think that it's one thing to see your suffering and see your trials as something that God is using to strengthen you. But it's another thing to see that as something that God is going to use to help other people. So I would say that when you are coming out of the cocoon and you are emerging that butterfly, it is through our transparency and through our authenticity and really um, openness to share our stories with others that God's redeeming power and his um, grace and his mercy really start to shine through. You know, the Bible also says that by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. So we are called to continue to spread the good news of the gospel, not only as Jesus Christ dying on the cross for us, but also what he has done personally in our lives. And I've always thought that uh, our transformation really ultimately emerges from that transparency. So one of the key characteristics of living from that renewed perspective is really that ability to take off the, what I call the I'm fine face and be open and be willing to share your story, knowing that God may use that story to heal or to give power to another person who is walking through or has walked through 
that same thing. And the more we share and the more we start to realize that we're not alone in what we're doing, um, the more that kind of we're brought out of this darkness and brought into light. Um, and we're able to make the story of God and God's goodness known to other people. When Unresolve started, it started out of my own need to uh, seek some answers that were eluding me at the time. And I was kind of in, I uh, relate it back to your book. I was definitely in that cocoon. Uh, and I, uh, I interviewed a guy who had lost his mom to suicide. And for, for my listeners, that's uh, Todd Williams. It's one of the early episodes of the show. Well, a week later, I found out that that show got shared and someone listened to it and wrote and said they weren't going to kill themselves because of that show. That's the kind of impact we're talking about here, I believe. You know, if you share your story, you don't know who you're going to impact. Absolutely. And that's like when we have to get out of our own way, in a sense, to be willing and to be open to share our story and to share maybe not the prettiest part of ourselves, but our deepest struggles and our deepest fear. You know, I think that in many ways, our pain becomes our purpose. And so using that pain and allowing, and really that's God using that pain and allowing for that to happen, but using that and transforming that into our purpose. Going back to what you said earlier, I, without a shadow of a doubt, think that the childhood that I had and the upbringing that I had just shaped me and molded me for exactly what God had prepared in advance for me to do. Amen and amen. I mean, and I've heard that time and time and time again. So if someone is listening right now and they're in one of two camps, either they are a believer, but they are getting just hammered. I mean, life is just being brutal. And if someone is listening and maybe they're in a similar situation, life is hammering them, but they don't know this God that we're talking about. Would you have anything to say to the, uh, those two camps? Yes, absolutely. For the person who um, is a Christian and is a believer, but is just getting hit all different angles, all different directions, all different sides, I would just say, hold on, press into God, press into praying, press into reading the Bible more, declaring his promises, declaring his faithfulness. Um, over yourself again. I know you might not feel it. I know you might not feel that he is good right now, but I promise you that he is good and he has your best interest at heart. And I just pray that you allow him to show you that just his love for you and his grace for you and his compassion. He loves you so much. So I just pray that you are having an open and a willing and a receptive heart to just allow him to pour into you like you have never experienced before. And I think with the second person who might not know what we're talking about with, with Christ and what a relationship with Christ looks like. And for them, I would say, you know, it is true that you don't know what you have been missing but it's also true that you don't know what you have been missing until it arrives. There is a whole nother side, a whole nother world, a whole nother perspective that is waiting for you to take hold of that you have never 
seen and never imagined before. You feel hopeless now. You might feel discouraged and you might feel in a sense of despair. And your only hope and your only way out, friend, is Jesus Christ. So I encourage you to start to take the steps to have a relationship with Christ and allow him to come fill you with the Holy Spirit and give you that grace and that mercy and that compassion that he wants to give you. I feel like a lot of times we think that God might be holding out on us, or we think that there is something that we're not sure of, and we're not really going to pursue it further because we can't control it. But I would just say, just take that one step into the unknown, um, because that one step and that one yes, and that one uh, decision will change your life. Remember, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this age. If you've been listening to me for any length of time, you know I'm passionate about seeing Christians awake, alert, and aware of the spiritual fight we are in. Uh, take authority. Take authority and, de- and uh, over the enemy who's running roughshod and cling to Christ. I absolutely second what... Um, Stephanie is saying here, cling to Christ. So, Stephanie, is there anything that you would like to leave our audience with before we wrap up? You might feel spiritually stuck. You might feel like you're going through the motions of maybe going to church, but not being present or going through the motions of praying or even feeling like a distant from God. That if you, again, are open and you're willing to surrender all of the areas of your life that you feel stuck in or that you feel discouraged in, that God will come in and he will move in a mighty way. And so I just encourage you not to be afraid to allow God to just take you and transform you. And yes, even if you have to go through that cocoon, you will come out stronger and you will come out greater on the other side. So I just, I pray many blessings over our friends. If someone wants to reach out to you or get a hold of your book, where can they go? Yes. So the easiest way right now to um, contact me is going to be my website, www.butterfly beginnings.net. So that's a whole nother story, but God has input the butterfly into my, my mind and my vision and just my life and without me even knowing what it was about. So he has set the stage for the butterfly. So it's butterflybeginnings.net. And the book itself is available for pre-order on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. So Amazon will have it for pre-order. And I will also have the link on my website that you can use to pre-order as well. The official release of the book is September 22nd. Uh, We'll have a link to her website and uh, to the book in the show notes. So you can go there and uh, you can find that at unresolved.life. So Stephanie, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It has been a wonderful conversation. And I think a lot of people got a lot of good out of this. Thank you. Yes, I have enjoyed it. And I appreciate just having the... Uh, stage to share authentically and share transparency. And I hope it encourages other people and inspires them to do the same as well. Amen. Amen. Well, we're called to 
uh, be living testimonies uh, for Christ. And I think I think that's what the, the, this this time has been able to do is to share uh, what he's about and what he does. So thank you again for coming on the show. Thank you so much, Teresa. You're, you're welcome. All right. So, guys, with that, man, uh, I would encourage you, if you know someone who needs to hear this message, if you know someone who's in a spot, please share it. I really want to uh, see as many people impacted for the kingdom as possible. Um I'm always thinking about you guys. I'm always thinking about what is it that you guys most need. And I want to hear from you. Is Do you like hearing these kind of stories? I'd love to hear from you. What is it you guys most need? So you can always reach me at Teresa at unresolved.life. I'm Teresa Blaze. This is the Unresolved Life Podcast. We will speak again next time. You've been listening to the Unresolved Life Podcast. To catch all our past shows, go to unresolved.life. That's unresolved.life.